When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the latest episode of the Brighton Rock podcast. I need to start rewriting scripts here, don't I, Peter? You just said off air that you think that's an awful idea. So um, we'll yeah, just go with these. Thank you for not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll stick to these casual friendly old uh, intros then shall we um we're doing an extra one a special with further follow-up thoughts on the palace game to get peter's ideas on the game as well because he wasn't on the earlier podcast and to preview the arsenal match which we haven't done so far so um we are straight to it really peter you were able finally to get to a game again and it was the Palace match. What a game to choose. Um, not actually a great game from an Albion point of view overall, uh, but worked out well in the end, didn't it? What were your views on the game? Yeah, it's interesting because, I mean, my views are very different to what I think has been portrayed and you think in the media and the Palace end seems to be as well. So there seems to be some sort of view that they hammered us like like they did, like we did for the last three, two seasons. Um, and we were lucky to get away with a point, which... I'm not completely sure I agree with. I mean, they were the better team for the first half, no question. Um, but the second half, they're one shot or half. And really, their, only, their, their one goal was a penalty, which, I mean, I, hope, I know there's been different views, but I think if there is a foul, it's outside the area. I don't think Trossard does that much, personally. And I also think it's oh. much more of a foul on, on Welbeck outside the area with the, when Ward went in with his foot up, his studs up, than it is on... Than it is on, um, you know, I think, uh, what was his name, uh, was already going down. And Gallagher has got a reputation for being a player who goes down easily as well. Um, it's apparently been like that quite regularly. Also, Welbeck potentially was a better chance in the first half, penalty-wise, than, than that. So, but even mm-hmm. ignoring all that, they, they only scored from a penalty. It didn't really test Sanchez otherwise. Yeah. Well, it's interesting views, because I had Steve on. Um, I don't know if you caught our last episode, actually, yourself yet, but... Um, Oh, he seemed to. If I remember rightly, he um he he thought that uh, the Welbeck one there wasn't too much in that. Maybe a little bit, maybe maybe not. Um, he thought it was a penalty for Gallagher. I have to say I agree with him actually. So I disagree with you on that one. I think there was a push from Kukureya, but I don't think that was decisive, and I don't think that in itself was telling in any way in the actual decision. But what that did that set him a, a little bit off balance. But 
I think it was a pretty forceful um, shove. You could you could argue the case if it's one well, of those I would things. Say it was shoulder to shoulder. You, say, you see all these things. It's ironic because they're giving all of these, you know, not giving fouls for all these incidents. And then to me, that was, yeah, I, I didn't mm-hmm. think that was a penalty. I thought I thought Marin had a pretty dreadful game overall, to be honest. Well, um, yeah, it's not very Marin, yeah. Pretty much went Palace's way. He managed to book mm-hmm. four of our players for no particular, not particularly much going on or. Um, when you consider some of the things they got away with, how on earth Anderson got away in the third minute with throwing Mopé to the floor? I mean, for yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, certainly on, on what you could call the niggly stuff, the the bookings, the, the free kicks, the smaller bits, so to speak. I agree with you on that. Definitely, I think there was some, there were lots of frustrating elements. I thought that was the case at Brentford as well, actually, to some degree, that there was a lot of niggly stuff going against us. Um, maybe it's something to do with playing away in London or something. I don't know, but um. It just seemed to be seems to be a bit of a recurring theme, but um, yeah, I mean, I, for me, I one in the build-up one, Ward goes in with his studs up. Yes, he gets the ball, but I thought we were told that the ball doesn't matter when you got the ball. If you go in with your studs up on a player, that's mm. a foul. That's a, and you know, I kind of it, that's my you know that's what I understand it is anyway. To... One of the problem for me is I haven't actually had a chance to watch the game back yet. So, and I probably won't for the next few days yet to come. So it'd be pointless kind of giving any feedback later on down the line on this one until maybe we get to discuss it in the run up to the, to the return game. But um, I'll, I'll take your word for it that, about what's going on with the studs I, in the, in the I, Welbeck I thought situation. He went in, yeah, his leg was high and he got the ball and then went in on Welbeck quite high, which is, hmm. he got away with it because he got the ball, but we're told these days that that doesn't matter. So, yeah, it's, it's yeah. all about the reviews. I've seen quite a lot of people say they should have a foul and quite a few say it shouldn't have been the penalty. So it all depends on your on opinions and that sort of yeah. thing. So, I mean, if Steve well, thinks foul, then he knows the rules you know, a lot more than I do, probably. So, Yeah, I think it was, he, he seems to be implying it was, the, it was the level of force in the shoulder work from Trossard there, but coupled with the unnecessary unnecessary element to it I think in, in some senses that it was kind of it was uh, it, I think it was going nowhere in particular that's what's frustrating about it particularly once that first shove which was permissible had happened there wasn't any particular need to then have another go have another niggle at him really was there um, yeah I mean I, I, think I don't think it's cross necessarily need to do it but mm-hmm. I'm not sure he did that much it was kind of like yeah it's one of those things where yeah I think probably the other way around that wouldn't have been given given it the way Marin and refereed the game and I think either way it probably wouldn't have been overruled by VAR yeah I mean I, I do think I would I would be expecting a penalty personally if I if that was us um the question is about the, the think clear and obvious given thing. it would have been overruled then I was just going to say would it be overruled um I think it probably sure falls about. within the kind of very broad spectrum of not 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 clear and obvious error these days yeah. Well, just a quick word on VAR. We're a few games into the season now, six games in. Um, what's your take on it so far in the new guys? I think they've definitely learned something from the Euros and from, well, what they should have learned from previous tournaments to the Euros, where it was being administered in a better way. It's certainly less um, officious. It certainly seems to be less intrusive in the game itself, or it feels like it is anyway. Maybe that's something to do, do with having less visuals on the screens, um, on TV, and screens and information at the grounds as well I mean what do, what do you think do you think it's improving not necessarily all the elements that are, the overall that are good and elements that are probably bad I think you know if you're a Leicester fan a week ago you probably wouldn't have agreed with VAR being you know less intru- less intrusive if you're an Albion fan at Burnley you wouldn't agree with it you know kind of I think both of those you could argue certainly less of what unfortunate one or two decisions they, they you know I still think probably they were overall 
right, but you could argue Leicester, he comes down with Leicester well, The touchdown I mean... one was a clear foul and should have been overruled by VAR, but wasn't, even though I don't quite know why. But on the other hand, yes, it is better that they're kind of not giving ridiculous, you know, offsides by a, a, a millimetre or... Yeah, true. Yeah. The, the, the Leicester game with the penalty, though, actually VAR um, didn't uh, intrude at all in that. That's in what I'm saying, yeah. So yeah, the it, fact it, that they're not overruling this. Um, yeah, the penalty scenario, it, uh, they, it would have been looked at because it's part of the sequence yeah, of events. Yeah, everything's looked at, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Are you OK? Is your cat playing up? I can see you looking distracted, Peter. <laughs> no, <laughs> What's I'm just checking, just checking he's OK. He's just caused <laughs> trouble of some sort. He's chucked up. Is he still hung over from uh, Monday night's celebration? Yeah, he getting, is. Uh, yeah, he, he went up. crazy. Yeah, and, uh, yeah four days was... later, he's still gone. He's still looking, looking <laughs> a bit peaky, looking a bit he, white. He <laughs> might not be the only one. Yeah, he's looking pale, is he? Yeah. Mainly because he's a white cat. But, you know, it's also, you know, the little bit that he's very, very pale as well. <laughs> yeah. Well, of course, um, we were celebrating it as if we'd won the cup, according to Palace fans. Well, yeah, kind of, because that's the whole point about late late game-changing goals, isn't there? Whether it's an yeah. equaliser or a winner. Yeah, of course, we would much rather that was a winner. Um, and yes, we would rather have won on the balance of, you know, when the season comes to an end, we'd rather we'd have two more points than that game. But you pick and choose your moments in football, and football's about when it can be. It's about being at the games and enjoying the moment. And we really did enjoy that moment. Yeah, I mean, a bugger also enjoy other than that, wasn't there? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. It wasn't a great game. And I, I agree with you. Ter- terrible, terrible, terrible stand. Yeah, there was <laughs> kind of terrible it's game. Awful. It's awful. There, yeah, there wasn't much in it. And I yeah. mean, Palace would, would say otherwise. They played... if, if Palace really are, that really was good for them, then I worry for them this season, frankly, because they were pretty awful in the final this third. We, we had our two best players, in my opinion, if you take goalkeepers out of the equation, our two best players missing from the... OK, Lamptey's been out for ages, but he's been out and we had Basuma out. I mean, and that's a massive up difference. And quite in the top as well. And Webster, yeah. So you, certainly three of our best players, that's one way of putting it, were out of the team. They were pretty much at full strength, as I understand it. They were deemed to be playing quite well. That's the general vibe from their fans. They some of them on reflection did say the stats seemed to make things look more balanced, but they did think they they felt like they were playing well. Yeah, they were unable to beat us when we were playing. Yeah, I would say fairly poorly um, in general, and particularly so because of the lack of a Basuma. Uh, and we made the, the wrong selections in the team as well. Wrong selections as well. So there's a number of mistakes going on. Individual performances weren't at their best. Trossard didn't play particularly well. There's other players. Maybe you could have said. Could have done better. I thought the one who yeah. was actually of all of them that stood out in terms of maybe having a lot worse than normal was in terms of certain areas of his game was Dunkey. He had a, a distribution I thought was pretty poor on Monday. Normally he's pretty good on the ball, mm. but his first touch quite often kind of seemed to take the ball away from him. And yeah, he, um, yeah. yeah, which did you know? I had lots of positive feedback from Palace fans. I say feedback, I was eavesdropping on the way back to the station. Um, they all seemed to think he was a bit of a... Oh, hang on a bit. Let's not use that word because we want to keep this episode clean, I think, after all the swearing on my match day special recording. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, it, he didn't have a great game, to be honest. And for all of those things we just listed, Palace ended up coming away with a the draw. They're only a couple of points away from the relegation zone. I know it's early days to be... And if, and two if points doesn't mean so much yet. You know, possession, passes... Um, shots, shots on target, goals. Not one of them did they beat us. Yeah. I mean, how is it that you can say you dominated the game when you didn't have any of those stats in your favour? Yeah, yeah. I and understand they are... obviously you can dominate a game and not win, but hmm. surely you've got to have some of the stats in your favour. <laughs> yeah. 
Exactly. And, and in a sense, they've, they, they've been jammy again rather than us in one sense, in, yeah. in that they and they've they've seen an Albion team that's probably had turned up with their poorest performance, maybe aside from Everton. Hard to say because Everton are a better side than Palace. But so, Burnley first half as well was was our worst of the season. Yeah, true, true. Period of time of the season, I'd say. Yeah. So two over, and a half over games. Minutes, it probably Palace was probably worse. I, I think Everton. I think maybe it's a little bit, you know, kind of I think unfair on Everton game because we 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 had one issue really didn't we and it was like we lacked width and they basically took massive advantage of that well and pace as well yeah but, yeah width and pace <laughs> on the wings yeah but um but yeah i think burnley first half was the worst half we've had this season but palace were probably was probably the worst overall game all right well if we go on that then it doesn't bode too well does it that even no. with those bonuses they they still can get it so in a way they were jammy that um they had that performance to deal with rather than yeah the Albion incarnation in other games. You know, they've a big fuss. They've had a difficult start, and I don't argue with that. But why, I wonder when they come and play the teams, maybe who they should beat or should be getting, would think they should beat anyway. Whether they will, because can they break them down? Can they, you know, kind of in the final third, are they going to have the same issues that we've had the last two seasons, where they don't have that, you know, that final finish or whatever? I thought Edouard looked pretty ordinary, to be honest. He didn't really look like he offered much. Zahar didn't really offer much either. Um, yeah, so I mean, so who's going to get the goals to, to help them, you know, kind of win those games against the likes of Burnley, against the likes of Watford, you know, the teams they ought to beat from their point of view? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, um, Ed- Edward, uh, looking at Edward, I mean, obviously we, we gleefully jump on any signs that he's not wor- worth the money they paid. And they did pay 15 mil, wasn't it, for him, I think. Yeah. Um, but I do think the two goals he scored in that one game earlier on at Selhurst, um, he was afforded space on the first occasion in copious amounts and he didn't get a particularly clean touch. Okay, he scores the goal, whatever. Second goal um, was, a, was a bit more of a worked goal, which was fine, but he only had to just get receive the ball, boom. Yes, yeah. you can say strikers find the right space. So it's an argument, was he given too much space because he, he was lucky there well, or was he actually Tottenham good? Tottenham have been dreadful this, since the international break, mm. haven't they? I, I would yeah. say Tottenham were the perfect team for Palace to play in the sense that they weren't going to sit deep and hold on because they're not... They can't justify doing that, um, but they're also not going to. Uh, they also can't defend at the moment. So, yeah, it's yeah, uh, yeah it's not a. It's a perfect storm in a sense in that way. If they come against a team who can defend, then hmm. yeah, and also Tottenham were down for ten men as well. So, by the time Edward came on, they were chasing the game as well with a, with a man down. Hmm. Yeah, true. Um, so, any other thoughts on the game in particular? Because I mm. mean. First of all, it must be great to, to get to a live game again. And um, yeah. what do you make of the atmosphere, the kind of the build up, and um, all that sort of stuff? Yeah, I mean, the, the build up was. I mean, the build up to be honest was pretty quiet. Selhurst was pretty quiet until about the about the last ten minutes or whatever before kick off. Mm. Um, generally, uh, yeah, atmosphere was was okay. I think I, I think we sang a lot first half, but then I think second half it became a bit more like a bit quieter. I thought, in my view, because of like, probably the. Uh, the score wasn't going our way. Things weren't looking great. And obviously mm. the goal was absolutely epic and worth every minute. Yeah, it got a bit, bit more noisy then, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Palace complaints about our celebrations are hilarious because, you know, they weren't complaining when Zaha ran up to us or our fans and, like, basically kind of shushed our fans. But apparently now we've, like, you know, Mope and Dunk and players like that deserve to be spat on by their fans because of the way they behaved. And I'm like, well, they're just doing... Basically, Mope just did what Zaha did to our fans. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and in terms, 
Exactly. And, and if anyone's complaining about our supporters saying, oh, you made such a big thing over just a draw. Well, I think, well, you know, you've done the same in other yeah. circumstances to us as well. And um, there are there are now pretty disgusting rumours that Palace fans did spit on Albion players, apparently. Um, and if that's true, in a pandemic, yeah. I hope that Palace ban whoever that was for life, literally. Because yeah. It's not just well, any old, it's disgusting to do any time, but to do that in a pandemic when it is literally can be, you know, this, this can be passed on. But I think, you know, in that sort of, in that way, potentially, is is frankly sick. And they kind of, they need to, yeah, the fans should be arrested and probably thrown in prison, to be honest. It's yeah, just well, I mean, the sort of scumbag actions they do. You know, you look at their coach driver and his actions in the playoffs and then try to blame it on us hmm. and things like that. You know, it's it's the sort of disgusting club that Palace is. Yeah, well, I mean, he may not have intentionally did what he did, the coach driver, but he, yeah, he, he didn't admit certainly he did, didn't he, didn't admit it, did he, he done it afterwards, did he? So Yeah, yeah. And um, I mean, he could have done it almost, it could have been funny from their point of view for him to admit it, but it took, it was quite some time later that it came yeah. out, wasn't it, actually? So a bit of a disgrace. Yeah, I mean, if that's true, then that's an absolute disgrace. And they deserve certainly individually to be reprimanded. And in terms of um, the club, I think they should be as well, because yeah. regardless of the spitting, there's an issue to be had here. What do you make of it? The fact there was a lack of security. It's been universally seemed to be acknowledged that there wasn't enough security yeah. there. Potter said it. I think various sources at the club have seemed to have alluded to it, um, or, or some people connected to the club have said it. Um, I think a couple of sources in the media I've heard noted that it seemed to be underrepresented for stewards and other security. And from the footage I've seen firsthand, certainly the people that were being quite aggressive, being very aggressive there, trying to get at the players, it looked like they were genuinely trying to get at them. So the idea of spitting certainly seems very feasible to me. And certainly the types of players I was looking, people I was looking at, um, th- that's not enough security. Clearly, they're yeah, getting too no, close exactly. to them. Yeah. I mean, the other uh, thing that amused me is all this fuss about the fact that Mope apparently celebrates in front of the family stand. And um, when, when Mope celebrates, all you can see is these adults shouting abuse at him. And it's like, well, it doesn't look much yeah. like a family to me. <laughs> yeah, so they're, they're using the word that I thought they only reserved for Lewis Dunk, as we were alluding to earlier as well. Yeah, I mean, family stand thing's a joke. I mean, on the one hand, they're indignant about it, thinking, well, you, you, know, you shouldn't be doing that to the family stand in general. And secondly... They're sort of scornful about it. Oh, all you're doing is baiting the family stand there. Nothing yeah. in terms of in terms of any uh, big aggro kind of type of arguments. So I think they're wrong on both counts. Yeah, <laughs> really on on that. And, and, and really, the Lewis Dunn thing is delicious. pathetic. I mean, you can you can heckle him because he's a captain of your of your rivals. You can heckle him because he does this and does that. But to heckle him over something that was so long ago, where he was clearly found not guilty, and the, the woman admitted she made he made it up, is. Yeah, yeah, frankly disgusting. There was um, nothing in the story at all. It's completely... No. He only had a very incidental communication with somebody, didn't he? Or something... I, yeah. I don't know the details. It's, we don't go over it here. But there's clearly absolutely nothing in it whatsoever. I think these lads were well, young. Well, it seems they, they never sang that to Steve Cook when he played Bournemouth. Yeah, so why they think Lewis Dunn, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's pathetic and, and, it's, and it doesn't... You know, it, gives, it shows what Palace fans are. Is that, again, pretty yeah. much, you know, it's going to... There's two podcasts as well. We've, we've mentioned the, the Palace podcast. The five-year plan podcast is fine. It's pretty reasonable. Um, it's not as good as our podcast, obviously, Peter, or any of the other Albion ones. There isn't but any it, but at least it's, it's <laughs> But at least it's a reasonable podcast in terms of its balance. They, they get a good measure of things, and you can get a decent reading, even with the bias of a, of a, a so-called Derby Natch, as some people like to call it. Um, 
uh, what I would just say is rivalry. But anyway, whatever people want to call it, as long as it's not alphanumeric, that's fine. <laughs> um, it's it's a reasonable podcast. The other one that I've listened to, uh, just to get it out of interest to see how irritated they were, that I only listened to it if we've done them really, um, was the um, Back of the Nest podcast, which is much more partisan. They're much more bitchy, for want of a better word, on there. And um, they're essentially quite kind of reveling in the whole Lewis Dunk song. Um, they were effectively endorsing it, which in a sense is slander because yeah. he's clearly innocent of this. He's been found yes, they, innocent. They need to be a bit careful, don't they? Because yeah, actually you could decide to, you know, especially when they're actually on, uh, actually a podcast rather than... Yeah. Hmm. Seeing it in the street obviously technically is the same thing, but um, you're not going to arrest a whole bunch of people in the street. But um, well, maybe yeah, I, I, have, I have challenged Palace fans on it over the, over the years, a couple of times, and the train mm-hmm. queues and that sort of thing. And all their responses like, oh, well, he probably did it, didn't he? And it's like, well, no, he didn't. No, he definitely he found didn't. not guilty. And <laughs> not only was he found not guilty, the woman also admitted she lied. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, a rather telling factor, isn't yeah. it? That, that last there isn't no, there's no probably she did it about it. He did it about it. He yeah. was lied about, in a, you know, to be fair to him, to then turn his career around, having had to go through that, is just a, another huge testament to what, a, you know, to how we ha- what sort of person he is. Yeah. I mean, what, what I think, actually, and for anyone that doesn't know, it's a She Said No Lewis song, and then You're A Whatever Lewis. That's basically the thrust of the song, if anyone doesn't know it. I'm sure most of you do. Um, but what that's actually done, ironically, has helped us, because it has firmed him up. Although he's a Brighton boy... He was a Chelsea fan growing up. I'm sure he feels close ties to Brighton, always has, because he's from there. However, in terms of the footballing side of things, it must have made him all the more determined, resilient to, um, first of all, to feel the derby and to make all of the other people feel it and to, to let people know how much it means, which in the longer term is great, yeah. even though we haven't... Although maybe too much on some occasions, like that injury time at Selhurst last year. Yes, that was he, he launched himself two footed through the air as uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if, if Palace fans having a go at him because he's doing stuff like that, you could almost understand it. You think, yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, I have no issue. Like, I mean, we obviously heckle Zaha because he, he he talks about the rivalry and he talks about the fact he disliked Brighton so much and that sort of thing. And if, if they did that for hit for, for Dunk and the fact that he's captain of their rivals and that sort of thing, I have no issue with that. That's part of rivalry. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, so basically, I... make accusations that aren't true. And you know, I mean. I follow people around you know kind of, and people who don't know about it may think oh that's you know oh, that, that actually is true or something like that or hmm. you know where's it's no smoke without fire crap that people normally see Same yeah myself. i mean i think i've got to, i've got to say in a sense i quite like um wilfred zaha not as a footballer he's a great player and there's no doubt about that but i'm talking about as a as a persona i quite like him because he is he is exacerbating in a good way the rivalry for me in a good way anyway he's he's creating spice he's creating bite and and you know, edge to it. And although he is a thorn in our side, Steve does always that. score against us, though. Although we're he working, how, it must have been at least probably well, half of his eight goals are penalties, I reckon. I was going to say most of the goals. Okay, yeah, you still got to score when it's a penalty. Most of the penalties are likely to go in. So he is a thorn in our side because he is literally the person putting it in the net. But ultimately, those aren't through stuff playing on the f- he's not really winning those penalties is he not from my recollection i don't i'm not even sure no, he's won any remember. of them himself i think he won the one in the three one didn't he at the amex when we when we beat them with 10 men oh yeah yeah i think i won right. that one yeah. but yes i agree he doesn't tend to yeah in um, terms of his play that's right he 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 at the amex at the um at oh. last year didn't he and uh yeah 
Well, I'm not sure he even penalty. won that penalty. I'm not. I'm not sure he quite knew what the hell. He dived rather than. Uh... <laughs> yeah, but I mean, yeah, in a sense, he's thrown in our side for scoring the goals, but he's not thrown in our side in no. his play. We've often kept him pretty quiet, and there's that one goal he scored at Selhurst, a really good goal near post drive, uh, top corner, yeah. um, which was a great goal to be fair. Apart from that, obviously, and obviously, not... yeah, the playoffs, uh... <laughs> and then the playoffs, yeah. But in terms of the recent, the recent yeah. games. Um, since he's been back with the club and that sort of thing, it's not really been. No, um... no I, I didn't think he did very much on um, on Monday, barring obviously taking a penalty. Feltman kept yeah. him very quiet. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, talking about Veltman, I think a good game from him, really good. Yeah, obviously we did, we, we don't he didn't doesn't he didn't quite offer the attacking impetus because I think we didn't really do much going forward. So he, whereas he has done in other games, obviously he scored mm. against Palace last time. Um, hmm. didn't quite do that on Monday, but he, yeah, I thought he kept Zaha quiet, which was the main part of his job, and he, yeah, did it really well. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, so obviously we got the last minute goal. Absolute bedlam. Where, whereabouts were you in the stands? Were you kind of uh, down the front back area? Towards the Palace side, but on, so just the side of the gangway where the Palace side is, and about yeah. three or four rows from the back. Much interaction with the uh, with our friends from across the. Uh, yeah, obviously, I mean, there are a lot of drunk people my, uh, the other side of me kind of doing that quite regularly. So I, I didn't really need to. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah, we were further down. I was scheduled to be near the um in a similar position to you, but further forward, I think. Um, but I ended up down um in the area. I, I always seem to be in the same part of Selhurst Park, which is down on the front section, um, sort of like I would say just somewhere right of centre. Um, I always end up in the same spot. It must be something to do with Duncan, who I go to game those games with, and Andy. I, I don't know, but um, Andy of this uh, one, one of the Andys of this parish. I think the big news, I think, probably is this. Uh, uh, for anyone who hasn't been to Selhurst for a while, they've, they've still got their crappy toilets, but they do have a Dyson air blade on the wall for it. So uh, <laughs> you, you, have, you have to go to the loo and wash your hands in the normal kind of squalor, but you can wash your hands, dry your hands in style. <laughs> Yeah, so I think it was it Alan from Seals over London. He said that um, it was like a time because he'd not been to Selhurst before. He said it was like a time warp. The fact that he had this Dyson Airblade yeah. coupled with this 1977 kind of surroundings for the toilet. Um, oh, it's dreadful, isn't it? They have got plastic seats now instead of wooden ones. I can't remember when they changed that round. Um, that's um, a minor improvement, but you can only polish a turd so far, can't you, really, I suppose? I mean, yeah, the Arthur Waits stand is dreadful, let's be honest. It is. I mean, even by their own admission, they must yeah. admit that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, imagine but, you're a home fan, you have to sit in that stand for... I mean, they've probably done slightly more with your home end of it, but still, mm, probably 19 yeah. games a year, you've got to sleep, sit in that. Yeah. I mean, I know yeah. they take this out the Amex being a bit too up-to-date and modern and kind of like lacking atmosphere in that sense, but I'd far rather have Arthur Waits than them, and... I mean, we still produce quite a decent atmosphere, in my view, quite regularly. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, theirs are basically all been, based on yeah the home the fanatics who are frankly yeah. pathetic a lot of the time. Yeah, I mean, although they they make a racket, uh, there's no doubt about that. They do have, as you said, the benefit of a certain acoustics within the, the old school grounds that they still have the benefit of by the fact they're still in an old school ground, uh, to put it politely. Um, but also they've got drums and they've got a guy topless standing with a megaphone. He thinks he's Italian, which is a bit tragic. And I don't know, it, it all just found, seems very... Um, very it's very try-hard. Try-hard, yeah, that's a good word for it. Yeah, I think so. And, I mean, a lot of those guys are imbecilic kind of Real Madrid ultra-racist wannabes in terms of they're copying the black T-shirts and all that stuff. Not saying they're racist as such, but all of the other elements are the same. So you think, well, why would you copy Real Madrid if it's uh, 
if they've got those connotations. Why would you copy Real Madrid anyway? I mean, in general, yeah. So we'll get on to talk about Real Madrid later. Remind me to talk about that. I've got a bit of um, amusement yeah. to be enjoyed with that one. But um, yeah, I mean, there is sheriffs honest, involved in your amusement. Yes, there is actually. Funnily enough, yeah, yeah, it's quite an interesting story there, one, isn't it? We'll come to that in a second. Final word on Panis for me though. Talking about the shithousery, obviously more pay. It was it was delicious that he could exactly replicate what um, what Zaha had done in terms of baiting the crowd, hands to the ears, all that stuff. Exactly, it was perfect. The two typical key protagonists in a derby you want involved actually are those two, aren't they? Really, yeah. and for it to come in the order it came in definitely left us the happier and the timing, celebration. The timing. I mean, to be honest, if you told someone about that game, you could have just told them to watch the injury time in both halves, really, couldn't you? Yeah, I mean nothing yeah. much happened other than that. And no. the, other, the other delicious irony of the uh, the goal, which I'm sure has been mentioned on here in your follow up or whatever, and has been mentioned all over, is is the fact that it was never a foul on Guaita in the first place. You know, he went down faking injury, kind of holding his shoulder when there was nothing wrong with him, trying to waste time, and then somehow managed to kick his kick straight to Beltman, which yeah. was uh, yeah. before obviously the Guaita uh, let it bounce as well, which obviously has been mentioned quite a lot on Twitter. And that, that um, yeah. itself was delicious. Uh, yeah. The fact that he wasted all that time and then it just led to us scoring a goal with him having even less time yeah. to, to recover from. I and know what a finish by Mope. I mean, fair enough to him. I mean, the, the, the calmness under pressure to just chip, chip over the keeper from there. Hmm. I mean, he's a, he's a striker at the moment on form. Hmm. Which is a good thing. And on confidence. He's only one soon. Seeing yeah. as well, yeah. Got injury. Yeah, well, got his hamstring injury from the game, yeah. He's playing with confidence. He admitted on the after-match interview, which I have watched. That's the only bit I have watched. That plus, by chance, the goal, hmm, funny enough, um, it was that, you know, he, he's playing with confidence. He lost his confidence. Yeah, it was, you could see it for sure. And it was plain to see. And you can see just as plainly that he's got that back. He's definitely yeah. a striker that prefers to, to hit it with instinct, doesn't have time to think about it. Yeah. Boom, he just does it on instinct. And when he does that... He's pretty much as good as as, as virtually anybody, isn't well, yeah, he? Yeah, he was saying in an interview, he instinctively knew that the mm. keeper wouldn't be able to jump very high when he was yeah. going backwards. So he, he went for the lob rather than... I mean, most strikers probably would have taken it on and yeah. tried to shoot either side of the keeper or whatever in that situation. But yeah, and it was like one of those ones where I was just for a second, I was like, is he going to get to it? And then it was like, no. And that, that <laughs> moment was like, yeah. The, the previous 94 minutes have been pretty awful, yeah. frankly. And... Yeah. In, a, in a pretty terrible ground, which we knew would be a pain in the ass getting back from as well, although actually wasn't as bad as normal with the we weren't kettled or whatever at the end. But yeah, that moment was worth it. This is the beauty of football, isn't it? You can have what is pretty much a pretty awful evening generally, and one moment can turn that pretty dreadful evening to to absolutely yeah. you know well worth it. You know exactly why you went. This is this is the moment you go to football for. And most deliciously, there's the flip side of that too. So when your arch rivals are on the receiving end, on the, on that flip side, it's even yeah. better, isn't it? And what, what's best about that, and I don't know if this is true of all clubs because I don't watch in enough detail this sort of stuff for obvious reasons, but do all clubs have that many fans filming <laughs> filming um, games in so much detail? I mean, obviously, it was near the end of the match, and we're going to talk about there's been loads of stuff on social media, and it's been absolutely heaven watching it all. Loads of this, most of it has come, in fact, nearly all of it has come from Palace fans or people in the Palace ends of the ground who have filmed the game. Now, I know it's right near the end, so they were presumably filming what they were expecting to be the last few moments. Then you should delete it, wouldn't you? You delete, why would you, yeah, you delete it completely. (laughs) What you definitely wouldn't do is keep it and then upload it onto social media for your arch rivals to enjoy. 
And odd, there was one it? guy who seemed to be filming himself, and then it went on for ages. And he so it had the whole great uh, time. Well, not the, the whole wasting time thing, but he, he kind of had the before and after of that, followed by the kick and everything else. And then you know he's filming the goal. I mean, as soon as the goal goes in, I think I'd be too angry to keep videoing anything, you know, because I'd be fuming about that. To be honest, I would be. And I'm sure they all were. But some people have just got this in them to just carry yeah. on videoing the Including game. the guy who obviously was heard shouting, why did you let it bounce? Yeah, exactly. Which, which now been, which is, uh, now become famous. Yeah, <laughs> it was the name of the last episode of this podcast. If you haven't listened, listen back. There's a bit of match day, a pre, pre-match chat, um, some audio from the game, and then uh, analysis the following day with Steve at the pub. But uh, check it out if you haven't. Why do you let it bounce is the name of the episode. Well, and apparently, it, yeah, that... you're, according to some Palace fans I've seen online, better than any centre-half we've ever had. So, uh... Yeah, OK, but then he let it bounce. But although, actually, to be fair, if he had a, hadn't have let it bounce, if he tried to get to that, that could have gone worse or, or badly in a different way. But it, it couldn't have gone worse, let's be honest. <laughs> well, I mean, in, in, in the sense that there would have been two defensive errors followed by a goal. That's, that's about as the only way it could have got worse, I suppose. But Maybe it wouldn't have been as good a goal then as well, which we were reveling in as well, because it was a great finish. I mean, to um, be honest, I wouldn't have cared if it had been like two yards <laughs> out and it had been like hit someone's leg and gone in off, off the keeper's back <laughs> or something, you know. I really wouldn't have been that bothered. Almost in some way, it could have been way. quite as amusing as well, you know, if it had been a dreadful goal. If we score without meaning to, you know, it just hits yeah. the back of someone's head while he was, he was trying to give some abuse to a Palace player or something like that <laughs> and goes in, that would be brilliant. But I mean, what all those videos allowed was a load of, shithousery to be seen in various angles and various ways more pay we obviously we talked about already and it was goes without saying he was going to do that Connolly was seen giving a nice discreet finger to uh, to the stand as well Duffy who disappeared out of shot in some of the videos but then we later saw another video you could see why because he was then seen cutting back down away from all the Albion players to come down and cut his hands to the Arthur Waits down which is brilliant uh, so Duffy, you've gone up even more in our estimation. Reminiscent of the scenes when we won two one there a couple of seasons ago, and uh, like all the players <laughs> just like ran, ran up ran up along the after wait at the end and celebrated, celebrated. Yeah, D- donkey um, most yeah, donkey just yeah. leaping in the air constantly in front of them. Yeah, well, speaking of donkey as well as Morpe Connolly, Duffy, Duncan Sanchez also involved. Dunk was giving a nice little discreet shush to the crowd as well um, as as we were celebrating. Um, it was great, wasn't it? Someone crowd surfing and the flare, the flare went on the pitch. I know you're not supposed to have flares at games, but it did add a bit of extra spice to the occasion. A bit, bit um, more flair to the occasion. A bit more flair to the occasion, yeah. <laughs> and then, and then Dunk plus Sanchez in that incident in the tunnel, much as we don't condone any of that, it was all pretty unsavoury. The fact that they were facing up to them and, and Sanchez were doing kind of come on gestures yeah. and then and sarcastically applauding them. And Dunk was involved. I think uh, most, oh, pretty much 99.9% of those fans would run a mile if they saw Sanchez near them. I mean, the man is <laughs> like pretty well built. I, I would not want to get into an argument with Robert Sanchez. Well, this is the point Steve said. He said, it's like Michelle Kuyper, a former Dutch Marine. Do you really want to square up to someone like that? Really? Yeah. Sanchez is a big guy. Um, speaking of big guys, I, um, I was post-match after the Leicester, uh, yeah, Leicester game. Um, I saw, what's his name, Sherpin coming out and later on all the other players post-match and I was watching that because there weren't many of my mates about for that game. So I, I just took the time to actually 
watch the you know all the players going to the car park thing which i don't normally do and that was good fun but the first one i noticed and what put me onto the idea was sherpin coming out he is enormous yeah he's six foot crazy. eight i'm actually in doubt that's true he looked taller than that he looked about seven foot and because he's skinny as well and sporty looking he he just looked so imposing you need to line um, up against dan Byrne and compare the two <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. But no, I mean, it was great with all that. One bit of shithousery as well. There was a guy called Sam from Worthing who popped up on Radio 1. I heard a clip um, of him phoning there. I think it's some kind of request thing where you can have a purpose and a reason for requesting a song. And he had the song by, I can't remember who it's by, I'm not, not interested in cheesy pop music, but there was a song, something to do with bounce in the title. And he, he managed to get on the uh, airwaves and they he mentioned the fact we'd scored that late goal and there was this, this thing about Let It Bounce and the, the video and everything by Palace fan. And he sort of mentioned, mentioned it quite scornfully. And then he got the, he got the play uh, permitted on, the, on Radio 1. So that was quite good too. Sam from Worthing did sound like and certainly fits the description of, I think, one of the um, podcasters actually from Worthing. I'm not sure. He sounded very similar um, in that he sounded a little bit London. If it is one I'm thinking of, this one, one of those guys is a... It's a Charlton fan. It might be him. I'm not sure. I might be mistaken. Who knows? Um, but either way round, well done, Sam, whoever you are. <laughs> that all added to the occasion, didn't it? So, so anything else from Palace, apart from just mentioning they're in the bottom half of the table and looking over their shoulders? No, all, all I will say is, all things considered, um, a decent point, I'd say. You know, when you consider we were out, Basuma um, and Lamptey and Webster... I think Potter got his selections wrong. I think I said at the start of the game, I thought Moda should have played. Lalana and Grosh were not physical enough in midfield. They weren't going to offer enough. On you know, they're obviously very both very good on the ball and both very good in their own ways. But they're 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 relatively more creative, I'd say, rather than than physical. And I've said before on the show that I think sometimes that maybe we need to play Basuma and Moda in games like Everton home, where we don't where maybe Lalana and Central midfield is a bit more of a luxury. Who can play him further forward instead? And I think that applied even more here, where we played neither of them. Um, so yeah, had to start Moda. Don't understand why Elzate came on at half time rather than Moda as well. I don't really understand what Moda's done wrong. He's been brilliant. I've honestly heard of seen him this season. Mm. Um, he's been superb for Poland as well. Don't understand why he's not started more when Pasuma's out and why he's not first on the bench when that sort of situation. So I mean, I know Potter sees him in training, mm. but. Yeah, yeah. He, is, I mean, he has been much better than Alzate this season. And it's obviously a real shame that Alzate got injured and hopefully he'll be back relatively soon. Um, but it did, I think, improve us when he came off and Moda came on. I think Moda added something to the game. The frustration was, I mean, Connolly didn't really influence it. We were forced to do that. I would have liked to see McAllister maybe um, if Connolly hadn't come off and if um, Welbeck hadn't come off. Um, or even if he had, I mean, you could have still put McAllister alongside Mope and Trossard. Yeah, I think in terms of the Basuma, there is a bit of a quandary thing in terms of the Basuma absence, isn't there? Because Mwepo is probably not quite ready and also now injured. Um, Moda is definitely better further forward, I think, personally. Um, but but you he know, offers more defensively than Alana and Grosh, though. Exactly, exactly. There is so. that. Yeah. And uh, Grosh, where we Grosh need, and Alana, you know, it was too lightweight in midfield, yeah, wasn't it? I mean, Particularly for a derby. And the thing is, that there's no point having Lallana and Grosh to play with the ball to play the ball through in midfield if they can't get the ball. You know, mm. it's kind of like, and you probably don't need two of them. It's a luxury as well. So I would have started Moda alongside one of Lallana and Grosh um, and had the other on the bench, probably. To be honest, okay. Um, that, that finally, would have been a good finally, for part one, Peter, quick question: 
is it time to simply um, just just admit that this is it's going to go on forever? This branding of the Derby game, the rivalry, whatever you want to call it. M23 Derby, the A23 Derby, Derby. Palace fans have called it El Gatwicko, which is vaguely amusing, but I don't think that'll stick. Is it time to finally kind of concede to the media who will continually, relentlessly go on with trying to find a way to brand this game? Should we just compromise and try and push for it to just become the A23 Derby? I think there's only um, one solution, really, and that's shut the A23 and M23 and <laughs> build on them. Yeah, Get rid of those roads. It's the only way they're going to start saying that. Yeah, and by the way, I do realise the vast majority, if not every single person listening to this, is probably getting wound up by me even asking that. That's kind of why I asked it, just to just to keep things spicy. Yeah, I mean, but, they've got to call it something from their point of view, haven't they? It's kind of like, I mean, yeah. to be honest, in a way, you can understand a little bit from the media's point of view. They've spent a long time understanding this, and now they've finally gone, okay, that's the thing. Now they've now they need to find a way yeah. to describe it. I mean, it does sound a bit vague to just go, well, we call it Brighton Palace or Palace Brighton. That does seem a bit unbrandy, doesn't it? <laughs> um, did somebody say brandy? I might have one of those after I finish this beer. Um, no, it, it, it's, it's one of those quandaries, isn't it? The fact that we don't feel the need to brand it makes us all very scornful of the media and we think, well, what's the point of, why, why do you have to insist on this, that and the other? But I guess they have got a, from their yeah. point of view, fix something thing to me is why it's now become a Monday night thing because to me surely they want it early as possible it used to be like quite often 12 30 kickoff and now it mm. seems to have it's been Monday at eight o'clock the last two times we've been at Selhurst on, on a, a normal um normal season yeah I it's given me about that, 45 minutes more drinking time is that better for a, for a rivalry game hmm. yeah I would have probably thought, not is it <laughs> Well, I would have thought, I mean, a lot of people take the afternoon off anyway, seemingly. So mm. I would have thought they'd want to reduce any sort of drinking time to 12.30 or 1 o'clock or whatever. That's what I mean. If people, have a, if people have a half day, they're going they're yeah, to need they're a half be, day to get there. I mean, I saw some people who could barely stand by the time they were in Palace. <laughs> oh, you, oh, you did see me. You should have said hello. <laughs> um, I, I purposely no, I stayed away. They're <laughs> <laughs> so not talking to him in this state. No, I was I was fine, but um, but no, it, it doesn't make sense, does it? Because people are going to be up by three or four o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. So and and they're not going to they're not going to come straight to the game, or at least they won't unless they have to. It's going to only cut off a small number of people that way, isn't it? Or a smaller. Yeah, exactly. So it's I, I, it seems odd that it's Monday night because I know Sky get the choice of what games to play and that sort of thing. But I would have thought the police could sit there and say, well, actually, we'd rather you had it at. 12 o'clock on Saturday or Sunday or something, which, yeah, yeah to me, I, I was, I'm was i surprised they keep doing Monday nights at, at Selhurst because, yeah. yeah. At least we're getting the game, the game's generally being covered on TV now, which is a good thing yeah. in terms of raising the profile of the rivalry, isn't it, I suppose, in one sense. Anyway, there we go. Right, in part two, we're going to catch up with a bit of footy news, we haven't done that for a while, and a bit more Albion news. Ah, lovely. There we go. One breakdown, one part left to go. And I'm enjoying myself with a Northern Monk Faith in Futures um, DDH IPA. I'm not even sure I know what that means, uh, but um, it's a twist edition, whatever that means. Uh, good beer, though. Very nice, Peter. Are you having a beer or are you on the I'm not. Drink? I'm being good. I'm trying to reduce yeah. the amount of drinking. Obviously, I'm out tomorrow, so 
Yes, yeah. So am I. This is why. This I'm taking it easy as well. This is only my nineteenth pint of the evening. Uh, <laughs> no, it's a, it's a one and only, a one and only. Um, tomorrow, of course, the Arsenal game. We're recording this on Friday. Um, we'll get onto that in a moment. But just a few bits of football news. I think there's plenty of stuff we haven't covered that's been going on in the last couple of weeks. We've been too busy with Albion-related matter, really. But a few bits I think worthy of mention in the interim. Um, more recently. Um, in the last couple of days. First of all, um, reflections on last weekend's games. I mean, we could have gone top if we'd beaten Palace. Um, that came about due to a series of results going our way, plus us being in a decent position, of course. Um, Chelsea were really outplayed by Man City, who got an even better result than Liverpool did with their draw there. Um, and they look pretty good. They're looking a good bet for the title, although it's a long way to go yet. But you could see how delighted Pep Guardiola was with that because Chelsea had been getting the better of him, Tuchel in particular. Um, that was an interesting game and that worked in our favour, temporarily at least, and um, based on us being able to potentially win the game. I think um, if the end of the season well, goes, I think it'll be largely irrelevant for us, frankly. Okay. I don't know. I'm going to be looking at these results for weeks to come, Peter, I'm sure. Um, Man United losing at home to Villa was just funny in general, of course, um, particularly as uh, Bruno skied his penalty. And I think he only did so because there was a certain gentleman of Portuguese extraction standing nearby thinking, I could be taking this, I could be taking this, racking up my record. Um, and he probably will be from now on. Interestingly, Bruno has, I think, something like a 90 92% conversion rate for Man United and Ronaldo in the equivalent period for his clubs that he's had beforehand has something like an 83% conversion rate, something like that. So really, do they they change it? Yeah, I bet they do change it though, if anything happens. What happened after, after all that though, the next game that came up was the Saturday evening game, um, which was, Brentford Liverpool from a from a top of the table battle point of view. That was the final game before our match on the Monday of relevance. A lot of people fancy Brentford to get a result, and you know what they did. And what a bloody game that was! Did you watch that? Yeah, I did. Yeah, it was a well, I mean, game. games in, so it's, it's ridiculous to say game of the season already. But I mean, it, but it could, I mean, it could continue to be. Yeah, exactly. When you look when you look back on it in May, it may well be one of the top five or ten or whatever. It was brilliant. I mean, neither team really could defend. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, which makes for a good game, doesn't it? I mean, really? Yeah, six a... goals, twice two off the line, one each for like pretty much the space of the first ten minutes, wasn't mm. there? Pretty much, um, yeah. disallowed goal for Brentford. Yeah, just it was. It had everything. It was a fantastic game, and yeah. fair play for Brentford. They've come back um, twice from a goal down, and, and mm. yeah, I mean, Salah missed an absolute sitter to go four two up where he should have scored. Yeah. But yeah. And that, but then in the end, Brentford could have snatched the victory. Yeah, there was no holding on for their draw, was there? I mean, Tony you know what? Was, I put, Tony was offside, but I mean, he could have stood yeah. further back and still gone through. And, yeah, um, yeah. And do you know what? I put a cheeky, very late bet on him to score the seventh goal, i.e. predicting there would be a seventh goal and he'd score it. Um, I think I'll just put a couple of quid on. They were pretty good odds. And so when that went in, I kind of knew that was offside, but I still got a bit excited until I realised that, ah, damn. Either way around, what I did know was that was going to kill some time and Liverpool were not going to win that game, which meant that we could potentially go top on the Monday. Which um, meant we were never going to win. Yes, yeah, indeed. And we'll talk about the Arsenal game later. We could still go top, I think, mathematically, depending who's playing who at the weekend. I doubt we yeah, will, there's though. Two, there's two lots of teams. We'll go back in the top four if we win, because two lots of teams are playing each other. Uh, United have got Everton and City have got Liverpool. This oh, yeah, that's right. 
Um, so Chelsea have got Southampton, which they'll win almost certainly. United have got Everton in the early game, and then obviously we, and Chelsea got Southampton at three o'clock. So they'll so have before we will. So if the if the, if the um, six pointers, so to speak, are drawn, we could still go top if we beat Arsenal. If Chelsea beat don't beat Southampton, yeah, yeah, oh yes, that, that as well. Yeah, well that that obviously Southampton will will win that, won't they? <clears throat> Maybe not. No, it was a terrific game, the Brentford Liverpool match. The clearances off the line, I knew it's going to be a good game. And when those clearances off the line happened, one each early in the game, I thought, here we go, this is going to be great. Yeah. I was looking forward to this match. I sat down, and watched it live, and. It was a cracker. I really, I love. That's why I love the football. I know yeah. Jose Mourinho and Chris Hughton and Sean Dyche and hundreds of other defensive-minded managers. Probably most managers really wouldn't want to see such an open game. But I think these two managed, managers didn't really mind that, and <laughs> and they went at each other. And when you're Brentford and you go at a team like Liverpool, you, you think that's not going to work. You're going to come a cropper. You'll have a good game. The fans will be happy, but you'll lose you know, 5-2 or something. Um, but no. And on a lot of other point. occasions, they probably would have done, you know, it's kind of, it's, you know, it's just happened to be their night. I mean, the ball did, did fall for them a couple of times. That third goal, although really well taken, the ball could have gone anywhere off the the, the balance. The same for the second goal, actually, as well. Hmm. You know, it's kind of, Liverpool will be disappointed with defending for all three, put it that way. I mean, they should yeah. never have let the ball go right across the six-yard box for the or inside the six-yard box for the first goal as well. Yeah, you consider yeah. the players they've got, they really should be defending all three situations. But what it yeah. does mean is um, Brentford have lost one in 18 league games. And obviously, for once, we're the, we're the good side of that record, rather than the one the only team to have lost to someone in months or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's true. Wrong, we, we could change that at Norwich, but... <laughs> but that is true, yeah. I mean, it's, it's quite a proud record. Brentford yeah. are a good team. Both, both they're obviously getting into the Prem, part of that sequence, and also in the Premier League. I mean, they've been good. They've They've drawn with Liverpool. They've done, they've done they've, very well. They've, yeah, they've beaten Arsenal, beaten Arsenal, which we're hoping to do in the same way, being a home side at the weekend. Um, and they've got, you know, to be honest, it's good draws at, at Palace and Villa uh, and the win at Wolves, of course, as well, which has yeah. been a great start for them. Speaking of the City-Liverpool thing, of course, those, those sides are playing each other at the weekend. They seem to have... There's some kind of loving going on now between Klopp and Pep. I don't know what's going on there. Klopp apparently has described City as the best team in Europe. That could be, of course, a bit of shithousery going on yeah, as well. But it is kind is. of complimentary, isn't it, in a sense? You can't, you can't say it's not... It's not an insult. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's not saying City should be beating Liverpool. If they don't, they've screwed up or anything. Yeah, he's, it's a compliment when all said and done. And Pep saying that Klopp has made him a better manager. Again, that could be just talking about how it's, he's made him need to up also, his game. I and, mean, that is saying that he's a better manager currently than he was. So, I mean, it's kind of... Using a compliment to himself, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's classic, isn't it? It's classic top-of-the-table uh, I mean, manager that's type. a bit more of a... It was not particularly a compliment to, to, to Klopp. It's just a kind of <laughs> comment. But yeah, I mean, I think they, they argued the two best in the Premier League probably overall. Certainly based on last weekend, when you look at what, you know, how Chelsea played against City and you think, well... Chelsea, I mean, yeah. I thought Tuchel again got... Uh, for the, uh, you know, he's got most things right since he started at Chelsea, but... I think he got that really wrong. He got he played too defensive. I mean, then they had about three defensive midfielders in there, two two fullbacks at wing back pretty much, and then three centre halves. So it's like, well, yeah, you can't just expect Lukaku and Werner to win everything for you. True, indeed. Yeah, yeah. The, the interesting well, we'll one tomorrow though is I'm not only am I hoping for a Norwich win at Burnley because I don't like Burnley, but I'm also hoping for a Norwich win at Burnley because I don't want us to be the first team to lose at Norwich in the Premier League this season. Yeah, and, and there's been a lot, lot of talk about that, hasn't there? I've, I've been listening to podcasts. 
general ones and particularly Albion ones where that, that that point's been made and I think it's a pertinent one you know you just you would get so nervous wouldn't you come the Norwich game but they haven't say they're still on zero and you think oh no they're going to get some or even still on one you know and you, and you don't want to be mm, the first thing to yeah. lose to them you know it's yeah yeah because I very think good at Burnley, that normally. Burnley Norwich will be a draw I think as well I've got mm. a feeling they might get a draw, but um, good luck to Norwich this weekend. Yeah, yeah, I really and hope don't they... get too confident with it. <laughs> I hope they get a win and then, like, but maybe lose a couple of players to uh, short-term injuries that only last two weeks and a bit, maybe or something like that. I don't wish them any ill will. I just kind of I like going to Norwich, but well, I don't know, Peter. Is that true, really? Because you could have said suspensions or mild illness. I've been injured the last two weeks and a bit. I thought <laughs> it's like they're they're back for the next game. You're wishing physical harm on them if they've got injuries. I'm not sure I like that. Yeah, that's a bit underhanded. You should like join the house group. Mild, mild <laughs> knocks or something. Yeah. <laughs> Dead legs, something like that. Yeah, mm. that last for two weeks somehow. <laughs> <laughs> no, in training, in training in the run-up to the game. There we go. There we go. Well, um, in, we've just had midweek. Since the Albion's game on Monday, there's been some uh, some international um, club football, so to speak. Um West Ham against Rapid Vienna. Rapid Vienna fans seem to think that they're in 1970s um, England as well when they came over. Um, loads of people gathering in Trafalgar Square. They're all in their the regulation uniform tops, green tops. And then they decided to invade um, the, or try to invade the West Ham end um, as West Ham took the lead in their Euros game or whatever it was. I don't really care about that stuff. Um, you will uh, next season in, if we're in it. Yeah, until next season, yeah, if we're in it. Um, yeah, and, and apparently there have been a load of um, objects being thrown, some really sharp objects like um, water cooler bottles and, and things like that. Javelins. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there, there, there was a bit of shenanigans. It seemed to have calmed down. Then West Ham scored, and these the rapid Vienna fans just jumped over the front of their section, went over towards the West Ham fans. There was a load of stewards in the way. There was a bit of loads of scuffling and things going on. Nothing particular happened. But um, unsavoury scenes, West Ham fans facing them off. Not much more to say on that one. Um, rather more unpleasant. Yet again, we could talk about that good old subject, the R word. I'm not just talking about Rangers, but something related to Rangers, racism. Um, not Rangers fans. This is uh, Rangers players being race, race, racially abused. We had Kamara, wasn't it, that was racially abused by Slavia Prague fans. In the meantime, at some point, Sparta... And the player Prague, as well. The player was banned. For... And, and, the, and the player, yes, that's right. Both of them, yeah. In the meantime, Sparta Prague have since been um, banned from having fans at games for a period due to abuse of a Monaco player. So when Rangers came to play Sparta Prague, um, they happened to be playing behind closed doors. Nothing to do with the Rangers incident before. However, this game, they allowed children in under 14... I don't know if these were all unsupervised under 14-year-olds. This sounds a bit weird if it was. There must have been adults in there. Maybe the adults are guilty. Who knows? Anyway, it was supposedly all under-14s in a crowd of 10,000 to watch um, Slavia Prague play... Sorry, Sparta Prague play Rangers. And then, guess what? He wouldn't call it racial abuse, but he was getting booed every time he touched the ball. No other Rangers players were getting booed when they touched the ball. Um, and I, I think happens. it's really interesting as well, because it's obviously terrible anyway, but ignoring all the kind of racial undertones and the nasty side of it, I mean, surely if you've got a rival, two Prague teams have a rivalry, and so I anyone who so, has, yeah. you know, had anything happen that, that, that Slavia Prague fans don't like, would surely be popular with Sparta Prague fans, you'd have thought. 
I mean, if yeah. someone who'd pissed off Palace fans to the extent that, or for you know, that they, you know, whatever happened, you know, it kind of obviously it's not like he actually pissed off Palace Slavia uh, Prague fans; they just racially abused him. But you'd have thought that you know your enemy's enemy is your friend, sort of thing. And then it's kind of, but well, they seem to have turned it round instead and racially abused him instead. Or yeah, I, I mean, they, these are different very fans, odd. different fans to the norm. And I'm wondering if these kids were. Not actually anything to do yeah. with Sparta. Maybe they were something to do with Slavia. You wonder because who were there must have been accompanying adults. Maybe it's them as well. Maybe they got in on under that guise. I don't know what the hell's happened there. Whether or not this got to him or not, I don't know. But Kamara did end up getting sent off for two bookable offences. I didn't watch the game, so I've no idea what, no. what was involved. But he ended up getting sent off. I mean, it must have affected his psychology because you think right, right, it's kids now, and the kids are booing. And it's quite obvious what they're doing there. Why are they booing just one player? Even if it's non... How dare you be racially abused by our city rivals? Yes, exactly. It doesn't make any sense, does it? It's it's almost the most illogical abuse I've ever heard for a player. It's like, it's not like he upset... Yeah, it's... it's, Yeah. I mean, it's even more illogical than the the Jay Rodriguez abuse that Burnley fans gave um, Guyton Bong, because at least he was one of their players at one point and they're local. You know, these yeah. are locally, locally rival teams. I don't, I mean, as much as it's, I abhor it anyway, I just don't understand the logic of it. It just makes no sense. <laughs> I know, that's why we kind of make light of it slightly, because it just seems so farcical. Yeah. It's interesting you mentioned the bong incident, because I know we could call this unfortunate um, uh, circumstance, but West Bromwich Albion, there was quite a few people defending Jay Rodriguez from the West Brom side of things when that incident occurred, it has to be said. Maybe it's all just general club partisanship. I don't know. And maybe they didn't know the, the facts and they thought we'd stick up for him until we know. I don't know. I didn't follow up and look at stuff later down the line. However, two West Brom fans have been prosecuted for racist racial abuse of England players during the Euros. Of course, the trio of players at missed penalties, one of whom got an, an eight-week prison sentence, four weeks suspended, Um which has just happened. Prior to that, there was someone else got community service or something. This this guy who's got the four weeks plus the other four weeks suspended apparently is the first person to be imprisoned for racial abusing anybody football related online. So that's an interesting landmark. Yeah, I'm not. I'll be honest. I'm not normally in favour of for, for relatively. It's not minor offence, but things that aren't you know yeah. violent that sort of thing. Are people going to prison because I think often it makes things worse for them. But with someone, something, situations like it going on the football world that it is, I think there has to be some sort of action like that. People aren't going to be put off by fines or by whatever. They need to be sent to prison because mm. something has to be done to stop the amount of racial abuse. I mean, we seem to be talking about it every single show pretty much. It's ridiculous. It's, mm. you know, it, I can't believe people still think they can get away with it in these days. But maybe making people go to prison might be the way, you know, sending people to prison might be the way to actually, even if it is only for four weeks, it's still four weeks of being locked up, you've still got a you know, proper criminal record. You know, if people maybe look, you know, you get a fine, people don't really think about it too much. But if you get, if you've mm. been to prison, it's probably a bit more, you know, a bit harder to get a job and that sort of thing. So maybe people might actually think twice or whatever about it. Yeah, I mean, the implications of the severity of the sentence being a prison sentence rather yeah. than a, a, you know, a charge, a fine or community service, or whatever, that may carry more weight with employers. Yeah. And certainly it's something you don't really want in general, is it? Um, so and it's four I'm, weeks where you're locked up and you're, you know, in prison and yeah. you, haven't, you don't have your freedom and that sort of thing. And hopefully that will make people think about 
doing it again. I mean, my, I mean, to be honest, I think online, if anything, is almost worse than in person. In person, you can say something. I would never say anything like that, but you, but you can imagine someone who maybe has views but hides them or whatever, saying something without meaning to and in the heat of a moment. Whereas when you're at a computer, you're typing it, you're, you're thinking while you're doing it, and you have plenty of time to say, no, actually, I'm going to delete this, this is disgraceful or whatever, and then set, but you send it. That's, that's you know, kind of more thought through rather than people shouting their mouth off at football, which is still disgusting, but things happen in the heat of a moment. You, can put, you, know, you can't justify it, but you can, and you don't do it if you don't have those views. But yeah. you can you you can at least say well, you know. In, in, well, it's more cold blooded, isn't it? If, I, I take it back. Whereas, it, whereas you've had loads of chance mm. to type that tweet and think about it. You know, yeah. you, you it's know, more cold blooded and calculated, isn't it? Yeah, it's more cold blooded and calculated. And this is the guy. Especially those who do it after the game as well. It's not even like you're watching the game at the time. A lot of them they do it, yeah. you know, a day or so later, and they've obviously been thinking about yeah. doing this. And, and just to emphasise this, because I did report on it. Uh, when it happened this this is the guy who tried to explain that the word baboon was used in a tweet saying it was a it was a it was a also correct from the word buffoon to describe um you know and you think well i think that this might actually may have been to do with um this was romaine sawyer's wasn't it rather than the england stuff I yeah that was the Roma- now now i remember it's so that actually he's using his own team's player mm. yeah yeah but these these abuses can cause you know serious effects on players' mental yeah. health. We talked about those subjects, and none of these players. It's as simple as this. None of these players should ever need to to be subjected to this in the first place. What should be happening is people can send what they want. This stuff should not get through. It should not be filterable through using certain words and icons and and emojis and whatever else. It shouldn't be possible for it to be received by. Yeah. the person that it's intended for in the first place. But at the same time, the fact that it was um, attempted to be sent should then trigger a prosecution. That's yeah. my opinion it, on it. It's worth noting as well that none of the three players who missed the penalties have had great starts. This year. I know Rashford's been injured, obviously, so it's a bit different. But Sancho well, Saka's done all right. Saka's mm-hmm. done okay. He's, he's had a bit of a mix, though, from what I've heard. He's been, he had a good start and then... He's had playing right now, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the one thing with Saka, we'll get on to the Arsenal game in a minute, but... Um, it's one thing that's a bit of a shame is I mean Brentford they had a brilliant reception from Brentford in that first game of the season. I, I absolutely love that. That was and so Spurs good. Well in the friendly, didn't he as well? That was yeah, good. which is well, that was almost better in a way because of the rivalry thing yeah. and everything else. But it's a bit of a shame that he's probably going to start the game, so we won't be able to tangibly show our support. I'm pretty sure yeah. Albion fans on the whole will be in favour of a, a proactive. Oh, I mean, he was he was one of the I thought if you know one of the surprise packages of the Euros. Mm. I mean, he was. He came into it possibly one of the debatable picks in the squad, and he and he looked, you know, he, he more than deserved his place in the team. Generally. Yeah, as, so, as an attacking player it yeah. with an abundance of attacking talent at their fingertips, you do imagine he may not have got the game time, but he did. Um, I hope he does get at least a loud cheer when yeah. his name's announced in the in the lineups. I know we don't <laughs> tend to do, yeah, you know, there's not much to be said for that as compared with him coming on as a sub, but. Um, Assuming he does start the game. Also, of course, the longer it is after the Euros, the more people will say it's probably not. Less, the fewer people will do it, probably. Yeah, it's been like the fans that. might frown and say it's too encouraging for the opposition and whatever yeah, else. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, to be honest, I think that's. I mean, yeah, I think he's been the one who's been a bit more mixed, but Sanchez had a real struggle at United, and obviously Rashford has been injured. But these players do get affected by these things. I think it's like you know, it's hard to. You know, people think, oh well, you know, I just shout abuse and. They're, deaf, they're paid professionals, they should deal with it sort of thing, which never applies to racism anyway, but even the abuse that they, people give them anyway, generally, 
people don't think and they're like, you know, they shout at players when they're going through a struggle. Look at Mope. I mean, you know, look at Mope last season struggled with confidence a lot of the time. He says he, he struggles sometimes with confidence. Yet fans, mm. you know, on social media and at the ground shout abuse at him. How's that going to help his confidence? Yeah, what should people should be doing if he's struggling to perform is encouraging him and supporting him and trying to, you know, and hoping he'll get back to form the quickest. That's that's what fans should be doing because that's what that's what supporters should do for their team rather than actually abuse their own players. Yeah. The only time I would ever really abuse a player properly at a game is if they don't try. And I've, I've I've seen very few Albion players over the years who have really not looked like they've been trying and just don't look like they're bothered. There's a, there's a few, but there's not been I would say not been many. Yeah, fair enough. Um, and Morpe actually, when when his confidence was lost, I wonder if it might be something to do with that situation where he got abused by a, a random guy in Singapore, apparently, who mm-hmm. was prosecuted as well and um, given some kind of uh, fine and ban and whatever else. I don't yeah. know. Um, you know, and maybe those things, yeah, they can all affect players, can't they? It has to be said. Yeah. Anyway, we won't dwell on that too much. One more thing from midweek, Europe. Um, a number of games. There's some great games. Liverpool thrash Porto again. Paris Saint-Germain, Messi gets his first goal. It's a classic Messi goal. Runs with the ball loads of distance, gets a layoff from a, a from a colleague and then just plays it on the one-two into the top corner or one, near the top corner. Uh, they beat City 2-0, even though City were playing well. Interesting game. A game that's been billed as the oil firm derby and El Gasico, which I thought was quite amusing. 2-0 um, to Paris Saint-Germain that day. Good game. Um Ronaldo gets a last-minute winner for Man U, a few other games like that. But what most uh, was enjoyable was seeing Real Madrid, one of my favourite teams, getting beaten 2-1 at home by Minos. In fact, I've never heard of, genuinely never heard of them before, uh, this this competition's um, inauguration this season. Sheriff Tiraspol. <laughs> Sheriff Tiraspol of Moldova. Um, it's a romantic story. They've not been in there before. They, they've won both games. No, they've won... Yeah, they've won both games, yeah. haven't they? Both it's, games. It's amazing. On the BBC website, it's slightly less romantic. Yes, I know. Yeah, I was coming to in, in Moldova that basically the Russians are trying to take over and they basically got so much more money than the rest of the Moldovan league yeah. and their team's full of like Brazilians and kind of... And that. Yeah, so and, it, and the name... The name Sheriff not, apparently something to do with it. It's pretty a much company a company that owns them or something like that, isn't it? Or, or something pretty like much that. owns the country. Yeah. So it's, it's the only company going. And they basically it's kind a, of live, they play on proper pitches and they have like training facilities and they pay loads of money. And everyone else in the Moldovan league doesn't really have any money. And so it's it's slightly less romantic when you, yeah, when you hear about that. It's monopolistic. But, the, the 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 people that run it apparently and founded it are um, ex KGP agents. I'm hearing, not so great, is it? But it's still. Bloody but we'll ignore funny. that and just just revel in the fact that Real Madrid lost. <laughs> That's all that matters. What was irritating is the other two teams drew, which doesn't mean that it didn't yeah. really get harmed by it. Real Madrid are going to qualify. Let's be honest. It's they're going to they're going to beat them probably heavily in Moldova when all said and done in the in the return game to start with. And they'll, they'll probably win the group, to be honest. But we can enjoy these moments while they last. And screw you, European Super League. You continue to persist in trying to get it. We'll continue to say, screw you guys. Same maybe, to you, Juventus. Maybe Sheriff Tiraspol can expect their invite to the uh, European yeah. Super League. No, no. And, and Barcelona, of course. Screw you as well, Barcelona. Um, you've got a really good front line at the moment. Oh, Barcelona well. really doing a pretty good job of screwing themselves at the moment. Yeah, six <laughs> in the table. They got heavily beaten, didn't they, in their game? What was it? Two Three goals from Darwin Nunes as well. Yeah, someone someone's mentioned his name before, Darwin Nunes. It rings a bell from somewhere. 
we, we vaguely mentioned him a few years ago targeting him, but it's, there's been nothing said since, I don't think. Yeah, no rumours whatsoever. No, fo- yeah. no follow-up on it or anything like that. It was just a kind of, I think we send a scout somewhere. Yeah, on the dorm in front, all we can say is he does use his first name on the back of his shirt. He's grown his hair a bit longer. Does look quite a good player. Does step overs, but not as well as Ronaldo. Uh, but he scored two goals, didn't he, including a penalty yeah. and a 3-0 win. Yeah, uh, Barcelona's now lost both their Champions League games 3-0 this season. Yeah, laughs all over. Yeah, again, screw you, European Super League. <laughs> I'm enjoying I mean, that. Koeman, it's on the verge of getting sacked from the sound of it, but I'm not sure anyone's really going to... I mean, they, they're in a complete mess at the moment, Barcelona. And I mean, this, this is how bad it is with, with Barca. Koeman, um, the owner, Laporta said to Koeman, we, we're looking for your replacement. Um, and essentially, they came to an agreement that Koeman would stay on even though he knew he was his replacement was being seeked. He was happy to do that. Laporta was happy to let him do that. Um, they couldn't the, get the, the, the targets they wanted. Her, and and they not exactly inspiring. It's like Safi, who's obviously got the links there, but has only ever really managed in, in the Middle East or whatever. And there's Perlo, who messed up at Juventus and failed to win the league for the first time in... Yeah. Iniesta is now Martin saying he'd like to come well. back sometime, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Iniesta, presumably that means as yeah. a coach. Yeah, I've, I've heard Martinez linked as well. They're, they're, there's talk they had to pay 15 million Martinez? for Martinez. I mean, I, I mean, Martinez seems a lovely guy. And he did quite a good job in, you know, Wigan, he did a good job. Swansea was okay. You know, but he's got the Belgium team. How have they done, really? I mean, yeah, one, they, they, they basically the side. just about matched expectations, I suppose, given the players they've got. I mean, should Barcelona? Not, they should have got a final. But also paying fifteen million pounds from apparently, given yeah. the money they've got. Really, I mean, I mean, he's a quite a decent manager, but is he good enough for Barcelona? They should I'm be looking sure for he's best. that good a manager to be honest. Anyway, it's like yeah. Yeah. Everton didn't rate him, and they, they, you would, as much as I have no issue with Everton, I don't think they're as big as Barcelona. Yeah. Well, moving swiftly on to Albion news again, steering things back. Um, under-18s and 20, 23s. I saw the 23s game on Friday last week, this time last week, when they were playing Leicester. We're probably missing a game now while we're doing this. They're playing we? Arsenal this, uh, at this point, I think. Arsenal? Oh, right. Double bill weekend. Now. OK, well, let me know if any goals go in um, so it can be nice and outdated by the time we publish this episode. Uh, <laughs> but last week, we played Leicester. We dominated the game. We were 1-0 up for ages. Um, thorough, well, we were 0-0 for ages, 1-0 for ages. Deserved both... Um, you know, both the um, performance accreditation and the, the lead was thoroughly deserved. We were playing really well. A number of players impressed me. Sarmiento is really good. He's very busy, skillful. He's still a bit raw. He's going to be a great player. Tolai, I saw, he's looking like a proper centre forward. He's quite beefy, he's strong. He's he's playing a proper nine, number nine role. He's He's got some talent. He's got some ability and some future in the game. Yeah. I really like... Uh, I think it's Sarmiento is not in the team tonight. Makes you wonder with all our interesting about yeah. tomorrow. And he got subbed early before the Palace game as if they yeah. were thinking about it. Yeah. Obviously, we've got one or two more injuries now. Yeah. So well, Nielsen was 21st player on Monday, but now moved true, into the squad. True, true. I like Nielsen at right back. I like to fire. I thought he was deceptively quick at centre back. Uh, he is apparently, I think he's the nephew of Martin yeah. Fire. There, there is pace in the family. I mean, it's not surprising. Yeah. And he is a big, he's a big fella, but not he's not ridiculous. He's not rugby built, but he is. He's quite a big guy. He's quite. He looks strong. He's quite tall. But, but, but Martin was rugby built, but also very, very quick as well. Yeah, yeah. You almost maybe we should. Our man should be rugby built as well. Then he just batter people out of the way like um Adama Traore. Um, but he he's he's deceptively quick. He looks like he's being a bit languid for a moment, and then always gets the ball. He's. I think he's got real talent. 
He's got I mean, to be we've a good got another production line, a centre half, haven't we? If you ignore yeah. the ones out on loan, see Roberts is yeah. now in the the squad, but pretty much doesn't really play in the under twenty threes. And you've yeah. got yeah. Turns has played in the League Cup this year. Yeah, um, and impressed. And impressed and, um, as Leonard, well. Leonard was Song Gui's played in the under twenty threes this year. Um, yeah. yeah, then and then O'Fire came on, I think, in the under twenty three. So there's yeah, centre halves um, coming through. I mean, we as always, we seem to be able to produce millions of them. Yeah, well, we, 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 I mean, they conceded a fairly late equaliser, which was very frustrating because we were far the better side than Leicester. But then we went on to get a winner right near the end as well, which is, was superb. So that kept us right in there, right on the coattails of the leaders. Um, and we, we're doing well with the uh, 23s. Mm-hmm. I've not been keeping track on the 18s. I don't know if you've got any info on uh, that. And they won 7-1 against West Brom last weekend. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I did know that. Yeah, yes. Brilliant. That's superb. They're doing really well. They're right up there. The women, of course, started the weekend after an international break, I think it was, um, top of the table, having won their first two games, including thrashing Birmingham away. Unfortunately, they came a cropper, didn't they, on Sunday? They lost at home to Villa, um, which meant... I mean, let's dropped... be honest, we... Albion never do well after international breaks. <laughs> yeah, they're just keeping the trend going, aren't they? Um, yeah, shame for them in that regard. However, there was a kickback. We had another big game. We, we had Polly um, coming up from the Albion for Seagulls over London meeting, um, I think it was last week. Um, and it was really interesting to hear from her. She was excellent. She's the general manager for the women's side of the club. And she, she was great. She was really good, insightful, interesting, engaging, all of that stuff. Talking about the women's game, there's a lot of encouragement trying to get people to go to games. We would certainly urge them to do so. Apparently, it's a very positive experience. A couple of our members went to the game, apparently, and they had a good time. We're going to probably organise a Seagulls Ever London trip at one point as well. But anyway, the, the Cup game was the big thing because we were having the chance to get into the semi-finals of the Women's FA Cup for the first time since, I think it was 1976. We were playing Charlton. We were, I think, at home. And it was uh, we were the favourites to win the game. Um, all of the other sides were big sides, so to speak, in, within the tournament. So Charlton were, it was the best draw on paper. Did we win it? Yes, we did. Only just. 1-0, but we got the goal. Flo Gibbons, I think it is, is it, that scored the goal? Fliss Gibbons, isn't it? Oh, Fliss Gibbons. Sorry, Fliss Gibbons. Apologies to you, Fliss. Uh, Fliss Gibbons got the winner in a 1-0 win. We're into the semi-finals, And guess what? It's that name again we've just mentioned earlier. Arsenal. Our under-23s are playing them tonight. We're playing them tomorrow, uh, as we record this, um, for the men's senior team. And yes, the women are now playing them. I mean, to be fair, though, the alternatives were last year's title winners Chelsea and last year's cup winners City so it's not really like we yeah. you know it wasn't like when we drew City in the FA Cup semi-finals when we had two definitely better options to play it was it, whoever we got in that semi-final was going to be pretty difficult yeah yeah I mean no, don't get me wrong they're all tough games and I, we can still be happy this is the best option on paper but we can't write off how about that. It's Arsenal, are, Arsenal are on pretty good form at the start of the season yeah I know, yeah. They, yeah. they stuffed Tottenham last week, I think, didn't they? And they won by a long way. Well, in, in the cup, they kind of stuffed Tottenham. And yeah. they, uh, yeah. So I, I, I mean, I think probably we'll lose, but it's still an amazing achievement to get to the, you know, FA Cup semi final. Yeah. Right. Finally, then, speaking of Arsenal, here we go. Beautiful segue again into the men's senior game tomorrow as we speak. Saturday, 5 30 kickoff, BT Sport. They're liking these 5 30s. We've got Man City. Is Chel- What's the other one that's 5.30? Liverpool, uh, there's two more, Newcastle and Leeds, they're both 5.30. Oh, Newcastle and Leeds, yeah. Yeah, yeah but there's a lot of them, aren't there? Um, we've already had, was Watford 5.30 as well? Yeah. Was, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. So that's that's four games already. We've, 
Five thirty scheduled in for this season. Well, five on record. Like two this month, two next month, and uh, and then and then the one we've already had. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, five, five of the first seven will be five thirty kickoffs on a Saturday. Blimey, yes. <laughs> it might end up being, I mean, being. In all honesty, it's better than than Sunday or or mid or like evening games or something. So true. If yeah. I was going to choose a a, Saturday, a move time for TV, it probably would be that. But yeah. I had hoped to get some Arsenal buddies on. We've had in the past, we've had Paddy, we've had Matthew, we've had Jason. I think there's somebody else I might have messed out the list, who we've had on before, all of whom are unavailable, a mixture of busy workloads. And there's a big stag could do going on amongst a bunch of Arsenal mates who I, I know. Um, they're going up to Liverpool and they're presumably leaving early tomorrow morning. And they're probably busy sorting stuff out, like trying to keep their, um, their other halves on side. Yeah, I think that's what you call code for bottling it. Yes, exactly. The That's first time we've been above saying, Arsenal in the league while doing the pod, while, and, <laughs> and you invite them on, and suddenly they're all disappearing. They're all missing. Yeah, even though they've they've hit some form, they're bottling it. We're listening. You guys, if you're listening, you bottle it. Shocking. Well, here's the head-to-head, Peter. We've won five. We've drawn four. They've won fourteen. Um, that's largely, well, partly due to the fact, well, annoyingly, they did the double over us. They finally started to sort out the bogey side i think largely is probably not the right one <laughs> yeah well they've sorted out the bogey thing anyway we of course did the double over them the previous season so i think on an alternate alternate basis it's our turn to do the same again they've come into a bit of form as in they had a bad start they won about four games in a row but obviously the north london derby was a brilliant performance yeah, I'm, brilliant I'm, not, I'm not that convinced they're in that good form frankly so it's you're like, saying easy win, yeah? Well, Burnley. No, I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm worried about the players we've got missing, and I, I think, I think if we had everyone fit, I'd feel reasonably confident tomorrow. But without potentially Basuma, Welbeck, Webster, probably Lamptey, I'm not. But I don't think winning, scraping one 0 wins against Norwich and Burnley, and beating a Tottenham side who were frankly dreadful, is. Well, they lost three really, to Palace. Yeah, that's well, not exactly. great. Yeah. Tottenham had an yeah. awful month. Um, they've lost 3-0, 3-0. In fact, Arsenal, the only team to fail to beat them 3-0 this, but in September. Yeah, can't, can't we play Spurs instead, please? Can we have to get that swapped or something? Um, of course, they're coming out of their big derby game as well. So, interesting. Both had positive results of the sort, I suppose. I, I fancy us to win this, I have to say. I, I think bet, yeah, we play. Basuma's yeah. doubtful, as we understand it. Um, obviously, Welbeck's going to be out. We're assuming Webster's still out. Um, Lamptey is possible. And I think maybe Potter may have left him out of the Palace game with a view to this match, maybe from a tactical point of view, maybe from a getting battered by brutalistic Palace defenders' point of view. I don't know what, what his thinking was. But maybe he thought this game was more suitable. Maybe possibly, he's going to yeah. play him. Maybe, maybe. Maybe Arsenal would um, pack more than Palace. Although, to be fair, Palace didn't play that, that deep for much of the, certainly the first half. But yeah. certainly, normally, they sit pretty deep. So, Lamptey's pace is maybe less effective, whereas Arsenal yeah. pushing up, might, you might better get in behind. Yeah, one I, thing I get that, your point. I, understand one, that. I was going to say, one thing that, that um, is interesting is that Ben White has come back into the equation after a disastrous start at Brantford. He then got COVID. And then when he did finally come back into the equation, he's been doing well. He's, he's been playing well. He's still playing as a four. Although you say interestingly. that, that, that Burnley game where he almost sold Ramsdale short yeah, the game a penalty. True. That's so, true. And, it, and he, yeah. Ramsdale actually did be fair, did really well and got did get the ball. But it wasn't any due to Ben White's work. It was a, 
Yeah, I, th- I think there's still a mistake in him early doors at Arsenal, isn't it? In a four. There's a number of reasons why yeah. there may be a, a reason we could get in him. We've got some big players, particularly for he set pieces. He also lacks the height to play in a four in the Premier League, I think. Probably. That's what I was going to say. If we, if we get those set pieces in, yeah. you get your duffies Arsenal, and your dunks. Arsenal are pretty dreadful at set pieces anyway, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. So, there is that. I mean, Arsenal, he is Arsenal are there to be taken on, though, isn't he? They're, they're there to be, to be beaten. Um, I don't I think, think they're them. good. I, I just I think that yeah. if we've got so many players out injured, we might struggle to, you know, to actually do that. And I'd probably take a draw at the moment, to be honest, given mm. uh, going to the international break with a, a reasonable, you know, 14 points yeah. from seven games. I'd be reasonably happy with that because I do worry that we've got a few too many injuries to, to really kind of have a go. But we'll, yeah, I reckon we'll, I'd, I'd I mean, be, the conditions going to make it random anyway. It's going to be absolutely dreadful conditions. I, I'd also be really, yeah, exactly. I'd also be reasonably happy with the draw, but I would, I would be looking for a win here. I think we can win it. It does. I think end, we definitely yeah. can. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, if obviously you've got Webster out, if you've got Basuma out, if Lampy Lampy can't play a major part in this game, yeah, that that well weakens us. And Welbeck, well of course. Back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More definite so, starters there. If you, if you, hmm. generally yeah. aren't they? I mean, you'd say. It, it's a big call, but I would be looking for the win in this game. But I would take the draw. I would take the draw. I'm, I'm going to predict if, a bold two-one um, win. I mean, if Lampty's not fit, I play. I play March on the wing, the right right wing back role, and go back to three at the back and, and go with that. Yeah, I would. It suits us better. Yeah. I bring in Moda as well if um, Basuma's not not fit. Yeah. I can't yeah. believe we'll go start with Grosh and Lana together in the middle of the park. It's like yeah, it makes a especially on a day that sounds like it's going to be a gay day to get stuck in, not. It's not a day yeah. to play pretty football and pass the ball around. I mean, to be honest, it could be a day of goalkeeping errors, you know, frankly. It's kind of, you know, whoever's goalkeeper can handle the pressure and the shoot on sight, you know, anything can happen. It sounds like gales and heavy rain. And... <laughs> Great. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, indeed. Well, we'll... It's, it's um... a day for players who want to get stuck in rather than players who maybe want to take you know, a few touches and classily slide it through. So it might blow yeah. back past them. That's it. I mean, it's really open. It's, it's anyone's guess. I mean, I predict the one result I got right this season is I predicted a one all at Palace. I did then after the, the after two or three beers, get the bravado to start saying it was going to be a three, two or four, two win, which I got a little bit wrong. But my original prediction in sobriety was correct. So I'm, I'm claiming it. And um, in this one, I'm going to go on a roll here. I'm going to get two out of two by predicting we're going to win two one. In this game, you're going to go for a draw, aren't you, Peter? I think I'm going to go for a draw. Yeah, just I, I think I, I would probably be inclined to go for a win because I think Arsenal left for taking. If I thought we'd have most of the players who are out back, but I don't think we will. Um, so I'm going to go for a, a one all. And also, I mean, I'm not I'm not really downplaying Arsenal. Obviously, they have some very good players, but they are to me pretty weak at the back. And if you look at mm. the back four they have, I would say barring Tierney and White, they are pretty ordinary in their back four. I don't think they've got any other real what I call class players in there. Um, yeah, Tierney or I like to- It's Tomiyasu, isn't it? The guy, the, the Japanese guy who's playing a lot. Yeah, I've not seen a lot of him, to be fair. He's so a good he player. Be. I like him. I think he's very good. He, he's a very good he player. signed as a right back, but not at, and it's, this Asian said he's not really a right back or something. That's right. Yeah. But he is doing well there, to yeah. be fair to him. Yeah. And they've got some other players. I mean, the strikers are sort of, you know, they're, they're sort of not really informed, but they're looking like they might be okay. To, to weigh in, you know, you've got your typical faces up there. I mean, Smith like, Rowe as well. Saka, Smith Rowe, yeah, they've obviously mm. got some good players. I'm not, I'm not downplaying it, but I think there, and also, although Zaka obviously has a lot of people who, who criticise him, losing him for three months is a big blow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well, I, in a way, I was hoping he'd play because he might get sent off in the first half or but something. He, he, is, he actually is the way that Arteta plays. They say he's actually really important to it. 
Mm. And obviously, yes, he's a bit of a liability sometimes and can get sent off. But when he when he's on form, he he actually does really kind of really kind of get stuck in. Which so both midfields, both midfields in the competitive sense are, are weakened, yeah. aren't they? So it'll yeah, be I mean, now, inter- I mean, that really looking should be interesting. I really wonder why we lately we loaned Caicedo out because we've now got no mm. no potentially no Basuma, no Al Sarsi for the sound of it for a few weeks. Waypu's out. We, you know, we really are quite short in midfield in terms of actual midfielders rather yeah. than yeah. attacking midfielders playing there. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say that we've we've left ourselves quite short, which is yeah. I, I think we lost the midfield in the last match, and I do think in this game it's going to be important to at least match the opposition in this game in yeah. midfield. Yeah. We'll see what happens. We're recording this Friday. The game is tomorrow as we speak. Um, any news on the under-23s? I was to... actually just looking. Oh, Leonard is in the team. Interesting. Because I was just thinking, is Leonard in the team? Um, because if he isn't, that might mean he's on the bench tomorrow. Because obviously he's featured for the, the first team in the, the cup. But he is on the team. So no he, news. He, dropped, he, he went to right back at one point, didn't he, in one of the games? I mean, it seems to be a compulsory, compulsory yeah. thing, isn't it? To play right back. Just play point. right back and then, uh, then you can play midfield. Okay, I don't know so who else and goal, then, really. Sherpin and goal, Sanchez at right back then, next match. <laughs> it had a bit of height to our team, you know, and kind of Because <laughs> we need it, don't we? <laughs> I mean, given was it Sanchez's ball through to Welbeck for the what could have been possibly a penalty? I mean, was, that, mm. was that that one, wasn't it? It was a brilliant ball through. Yeah. I'm presuming that counts, as, that counts as an assist, I assume, doesn't well, it? Well, if, if, if he scores, it does, yeah. 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 if he scores, it does, yeah. But yeah, it was a brilliant pass from Sanchez, I thought. Yeah. And are you back at the Amex tomorrow? You're going to be at the game. I am, yeah, for my sins. Given the the weather is not. Yeah, yeah, same here. I'll be there. We're in town in Brighton, pre-match. We're going to have a few nice drinks. I think we're going to buy some beer. Do you like a bit of buy some beer? Very nice place. Um, yeah, so um, you buy some beer, and I was like, well, what else are you going to do? <laughs> Bison, you know the big thing with the horns. You know that one. Yeah, um, but either way round, it's going to be, I think, an interesting evening. Uh, if you can call it evening, it will be by then, won't it? Yeah, this time it of year, five thirty is a evening. Definitely an evening. It's not an afternoon anymore, no, is it? Five thirty. Yeah, this going to be pretty dark, yeah. I think, by then. So. Yeah. So we'll we'll see what transpires. And um, we're not going to do a match day special for this one, just to warn you in advance. Sorry, yeah, you know, I'm sure you're all gutted. We're going to try and restrict them to special occasions uh, here and there, and um, probably the London away days. And Arsenal at home games. is just so boring now. We've done it so many times. Yeah, Arsenal's so passe, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, we'll be back next week. We're hoping to get some interesting guests in uh, for a couple of the, you know, <laughs> the, not the interested weeks. enough for you then. Yeah. you're not a guest you're a you're you're a co-host peter for goodness sake how many times do i have to tell you <laughs> no and we're, we're gonna get some guests in to join us hopefully next week so we've got a few people in mind see see what happens um have a listen out for that one if you can keep recommending us reviewing us listening to us um five starring us on all the various platforms please do so that all helps you can email us brightonrockpodcast at gmail.com twitter at brightonrockpod and um, we'll be back well with the next one next week. Also, by the way, before we go, Film Fives. I've got my latest one out, The Golden Seagulls, the first um, of my film awards. Guess why we called it that? Me and Phil, both from the South Coast, both happen to be Brighton fans, and we just happen to call it The Golden Seagulls. Listen, now, that's our latest episode, now out at all good podcast platforms. Um, so until and next time, Peter. Ones as well. And and plenty of bad ones. I'm sure there's plenty out there. And we're part of the Sports Social Network. um, So that's all great and everything as well. But we're going to round it off then in the usual style, Peter, by saying stand or fall. Up the Albion. Sports Social Podcast Network.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.